I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode number 304 of Video Games Hot Dog, the one where we forgot to turn off the air conditioner oh, again. Oh, shit. But let's, uh, let's just turn it off now. And <laughs> See, aren't you glad that the podcast doesn't always sound like that? Well, so here's a question. Did you notice a difference? I couldn't tell listener. Well, you couldn't, but you are not listening to your you're quadra- a f- you're a philistine. Quadraphonic <laughs> uh listening machine. No, you're you're I guess you are hearing the the recorded stream, but you're hearing it after it's been transmitted over a phone call. Yeah, so it's going to be pretty nasty anyway. It's going to be pretty dirty. If we play those dirty dirty, dirty horns from the from the Matlock horns. intro theme song. Uh, Although, man. wait a second. I don't know. If, this if, being in this studio just makes me want to talk about that dirty, dirty sax. I let's, can, <laughs> let, we should do an experiment. Uh, so this is this is the podcast with no air conditioning. Uh, you know, Ronnie, if we can run the air conditioning unit without appreciable uh, and, the, and then noise reduce the air conditioning if, out. Yeah, because if there is no appreciable uh, difference to the audio quality, our quality of life. Would be so much higher. We yeah, can also just take a, if it gets too hot in here, we can just if take a break. Like right, if it's really noticeable, like as as a um, on the final recording, it, like noise reducing something that loud usually results in Fucks up. yeah, everybody else sounding like a robot. Yeah. Well, but maybe you don't noise reduce it. Maybe you just um, ignore it. Ignore. Live it. with it. Yeah. Or maybe it's not picked up by the microphones. Turn on your air conditioner at home so that this sound will make sense to you. Yeah. Well, anyway, we'll find out because it'll we'll put it in silent the first, mode. The first 10, 15 oh, yeah. seconds of this uh, this podcast were air conditioned. Silent but I, deadly yeah, mode. I didn't hear any difference, so I don't know. Well, right. You know what else is silent but deadly? Oh, a scorpion. A scorpion. Yeah. <laughs> Ninjas. God, that, God, that Saturday Night Live sketch is. It's possibly my one favorite of one. My favorite yeah. SNL sketches. There was the one, the, the, I think the, the Saturday Night Live sketch that I think. The the recurring bit that I think was the cleverest was the the holiday greeting cards from Tonto, Tarzan, and Frankenstein. Sure, because they yeah. were just all like guys that talked in a kind of a similar way. <laughs> uh, th- right after the FCC changed the restrictions on what you could and couldn't say, like they they changed the like list of dirty words. They did a a a, a skit that took place at a nudist colony, which was just about them saying the word penis and oh, yeah, testicles and vaginas. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and they were talking about building a sand penis. Oh yeah, it was great. It had big testicles and everything. <laughs> Victoria Jackson said that was that you know was pretty pretty memorable. But yeah, the the scene the the skit where the entirety of the joke is that they keep setting up fart jokes yeah. and then not ever Delivering. making any fart jokes is brilliant. That one and um, what era of SNL was this? The one the one where Captain 80s. Picard is running a sexy cake shop. 
is probably, <laughs> right. Probably, that's <laughs> yeah. probably a tie between those two sketches for my favorite. That that one was kind of one note, but oh, but, but yeah, he, he sold it so God, well. Yeah, Patrick loved also, doing that sketch. Patrick Stewart also loved doing the scene in Extras with Ricky Gervais, where he keeps pitching movies where he has a superpower that removes women's clothes, <laughs> and by the time they by the time they gather them back up, it's too late. He's seen everything, and that's every single one of his pitches is about like him, you know, having psychic powers that can do that, or having a machine that can do that. <laughs> it's it's real good. Patrick Stewart seems like a cool dude. Yeah. We should have him on the podcast sometime. Sure. Yeah. Let's, just, let's just email him and, and ask him. He might be up for it yeah. if he's in San Francisco. He's probably not. I mean, he's probably sometimes. He's probably in England. Okay. <laughs> Took me a minute to think of a place in England. And then and then I didn't. Yeah. yeah you... <laughs> I mean, just uh, as the ben. word England doesn't rhyme <laughs> with the word England. <laughs> He's probably in that big Ferris wheel. Uh, yeah. The Thames. <laughs> the um, Eye? Yeah. He's okay. probably in the London Eye. All right. In the uh, tube. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he could be in the Oxford tube. That's a bus. Oh, yeah. That's, it's, it's confusing. Maybe he's in the channel. Okay. Yeah. That's partly England, I guess. Or is that like neutral territory? That's like international waters where everything <laughs> is <strange>. legal. <laughs> I, I wonder if it, I don't think it ever gets to international waters, right? Because it's... Well, I guess it's probably more than what eleven miles. Is that the international? Oh, I don't waters? know. Is that consistent across across countries? It's international waters. Oh, okay, but couldn't a country <laughs> decide that their that their borders were wider? Also, really, where is the beach? If you get down close enough, it's kind of a Zeno's paradox kind of thing. Mm, also, is it true. low tide or high tide? Sometimes the difference between low tide and high tide can be hundreds of miles. Mm. Sometimes mm. it can. Hundreds. Mm-hmm. Hundreds. Yeah. Okay. I I've, I've been there, buddy. Okay. <laughs> Did you see that video footage of just after the the hurricanes blew through? I think it was Rio. Some guys going down to the docks and the, you just couldn't see any ocean like all the way out to the horizon and they just started walking out there and kicking tufts of seaweed and shit that was that was on yeah. the ocean floor just forever cuz all the water horrifying. had been displaced. Oh, just horrifying. Nuts. Yep. Congratulations. Like Welcome that also happens to our- like current lifestyle on those days when the moon gets really massive um tides get a lot more uh, exaggerated <laughs> like the story when there's a super moon yeah yeah people really like uh, like on days so like today have, when like, there's a super moon cheats. people like me will just make shit up about tides and how far they go <laughs> oh i should have i should have uh, given that disclaimer at the beginning of the podcast rather than now <laughs> Uh, we watched. Uh, we 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 went to uh, to Ben Burbank's house to watch Moana oh, yeah. with his children and a bunch of other children. Uh, and Moana's really good. Riff, it's have you really seen good. Moana? Uh, no, I haven't. Jim, have you seen Moana? No, April and I are saving all those movies for when we have kids. Oh. Wow, really? <laughs> well, you could see it now. Yeah, it, it, you, you know, vet, you got to vet them all. The kids are going to want to see them like a hundred times. That's why we don't yeah. want to watch them like a, a, another time. Is that a Pixar one or like a DreamWorks or who did that one? It is Disney. It's I Disney, but it's a it's, Pixar style. Movie. I assume it's Pixar. I don't know. I think it might be. Maybe Pixar. it's Pixar. Yeah. I just thought it was a Disney movie. I don't know. Anyway, it's really good. It has uh, David Yoko Jose in it as the main character. <laughs> it's weird. Riff. It's I, so I have weird. Seen, yeah, I've seen like the the promotional footage there's, of that character. There's yeah. a guy in the movie that looks totally a lot like our friend Dave. Totally looks like him. Okay. Yeah. It's it's weird. like really a lot. It's weird. 
Uh, but it's it's pretty good. It's got like monsters. It's got yeah. it's got a it's got a whole sequence that really shouldn't work with like a big weird pirate ship island uh, operated entirely by <laughs> coconuts. like coconuts with arms and legs. <laughs> and you think that's real stupid, but like man, they really sell it. It's real good. It's it's funny. I and think that was an island in Sunless Sea too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, except the coconuts were all were skulls <laughs> and yeah. yeah, the skulls with rats in them. That's how they were moving around. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> I haven't played any more Sunless Skies. I should have. <clears throat> I so I've so seen the Sunless Seas makes sense because it's underground. Is Sunless Skies also underground? Yeah, I don't know. No, it's not. It's out in space. Okay. Uh, so they don't I don't know if they explain what happened to the always on the dark side of the planet. I don't know. I don't know if they explain what happened to the rest of the world when London was stolen by bats. That the premise of of Fall Echo Bazaar slash Fallen London was that London was stolen by bats and really just like the middle part of London. Okay. Um, and and taken underground. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know where in the, in the cosmology this space uh, space game takes place. Yeah, you still have a bat that can fly around. There seems to be air. Okay. I mean, there's airing on the side of caution. <laughs> they don't have to explain why you can breathe. London is pretty expansive. If you have to take the whole metropolitan area, because it could too. So it could have it could have space. So it's it's like the air rights above There's London. plenty of space. Yeah, yeah. It's the air right above London. It's the airs okay. right above London. <laughs> it's the air rights above London. Okay. Um, London, by all rights, is ruled by the airs of its previous royalty. Mm-hmm. It's an airs rights situation. Sure. You guys, this is a pretty good <laughs> bit. <laughs> but I feel like I'm alone here. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so the only interesting non-video game thing that I have done since the last time we recorded a podcast was see two different movies. Uh, one was Kingsman, the golden circle, the sequel to Kingsman where the, so in the first one, their headquarters gets blown up. No, in the second one, the very beginning of the second one, their headquarters gets blown up. Wait, didn't that happen in the first one? Oh, did it? I don't think so. I thought so. I think you're thinking of the preview for the second one. No, I was thinking of the first one. Hmm. Maybe, I don't remember. Did they also blow up I don't remember much about the the first one. one. The first one ends with a really, like, out-of-place, gross butt sex joke. Okay. uh, That the second one leans into real, real hard and calls back multiple times as though to say, fuck you to people who (laughs) criticized the the out-of-placeness of that scene in the first movie. Um, Elton John is in it. In it. As an extremely profane version of himself. I don't know how much Elton John swears in the real world. Might be a lot. Sir Elton John. But in this movie, he swears a great deal. Okay. He's a knight, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, huh. I guess it's okay to swear at night. You, you have to, you can't, before, before 10 a.m., yeah, you can't. Uh, before 10 a.m.? Yep. I meant p.m. Okay. <laughs> but it's in England, so it's different. It's on the other side. Um, I also saw Mother, the new Darren Aronofsky I know movie. absolutely nothing about this movie. It is... Real horrific. Mother so, exclamation point. Lowercase m mother exclamation point is the name of the okay. movie. It So what you glean from the preview is that it is about Jennifer Lawrence living in a big mansion with Javier Bardem and strangers start showing up to the place and staying with them. Okay. Um, and it is, I guess, so... I was I was making this joke at dinner. I think because the main character is uh is is a uh, is Latin 
that it counts as magical realism. Okay. Like if if fantasy if a fantasy novel takes place in the in modern times and is written by someone from Spain or Mexico, <laughs> then that makes it magical realism. Okay. That is my understanding of that as a as a genre designator. And so I think Darren Aronofsky, that doesn't sound like a Mexican guy, but Javier Bardem, he's he's Hispanic, right? Are are people I from think Spain he's Hispanic? Hispanic? Yeah, I think he's Spanish, right? So I think that's I think Hispania is what He's is okay. Spain, is so Spain, I, okay. So I think Spain maybe, maybe, Spanish. all right, maybe yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to talk to a younger person to find out if this is true or not. Yeah. Maybe Latin X is the current designator. I no for, idea. I think that's what that they use of? on Metafilter. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so anyway, it's magical realism because the main character is Latin X. Okay. Um, but it's, uh, everything just gets progressively weirder and more and more fucked up over time. And it doesn't stop until way past the point where you would imagine that it would stop being more and more fucked up and disturbing. Okay. Uh, it's done. It, it's got like 60 some it's in the low sixties on rotten tomatoes, which I was really surprised. You've by. not seen black Swan. I have not seen black Swan, which is another movie where things sort of start normal, get kind of fucked up and get really, really fucked up before. I mean, and is it mostly like shitty things happening to a woman? Like, is it like, yeah. a, is it yeah. like, a, cause I feel like this is maybe you got a little bit of like Lars von Trier DNA. Like huh. it kind of reminded me of breaking the waves. If breaking the waves, like she eventually just started getting the shit beat out of her by rapists in like Mordor <laughs> instead of huh. just whatever part of Scandinavia it took place in. It, it's real, real rough. Interesting. Just real bad. Just like it ended and everyone just kind of walked out of the theater like in a day. Just speechless, like blah. Have I told the story about how the Black Swan was why I learned to drive? No. no. Uh, if it hadn't been for that horse, I never would have spent that year in college. Kind of. uh, I, I was probably 31, 32. Mm -hmm. um, and I was seeing a girl who was, we, neither of us knew that Black Swan was basically a horror movie. Okay. Uh, and she was really freaked out by it. And then she had to drive us home. And this was like the first time in my life where I like had, I guess, had enough empathy to realize that like, the person driving probably wishes they weren't driving, and so I should be able to drive so I could drive. Oh. And then I learned to drive. So you were okay. you felt bad that you did not possess the skill set to solve that problem in in, in the moment. And right. so or realized that other people are a reason for you to do something that you don't want to do specifically right. just for your own purposes. Yeah. Okay. That's nice. Y yeah, yeah. Um I guess that's the whole story. Sort of like when people have kids and they start eating better or whatever. <laughs> yeah. The, oof, man. Mother. I, I think it was really good. Like for the first like 75% of it, I was like, man, this is, this is like about some shit. Like it was, it was, it was, a, so no, 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 like it, like it was some stuff that was like sort of personally resonant with me because it was like, so there were parts of it that were about like the woman and her relationship to the fans that her famous artist husband had and mm. the way that he divided his attention between them and her. And I was like, okay, so this is like a, this is a movie that's about some stuff, right? And not just like a Clive Barker 
story about the world, like everything being terrible and this woman being the focus of all of the terribleness of of the this world and all of the ones beyond it. In an uncomfortably Uh, sexual way. Yeah. Um, no, it wasn't actually super, not, no, not really. Okay. It didn't, it didn't go there the way that, that Breaking the Waves did. Um, cause Black Swan had a lot of sexuality in it and obviously, um, a tree grows in Brooklyn, what, whatever the hell that one was, uh, the drug one. That Requiem, Requiem, Requiem for a Dream. dream. Yeah. 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 I, I don't, th- no, she is not like sexually debased. Okay. I don't think. Unless, I mean, the, the last somehow. the last twenty minutes of the movie was a real World was friend. a real nightmare. So huh. it reminded me a lot of you know that scene in Twelve Monkeys where they fuck up the first time machine shot and uh, Bruce Willis ends up in World War One for a minute on the way to arriving in like 1990 instead of yeah. 2000 or whatever. Like, so imagine the chaos of that scene, but just 25 minutes long. Whoa. Whoa. Like it, it, it was like a war movie where like physics didn't apply. Jesus. It's just a crazy nightmare. It was really, really effective. Huh. And I have to 25 minutes though. That's a to, long time. Maybe, maybe it felt longer than okay. it was. Anyway, I like, Jeez. I recommend this movie, but like, don't take a date. That's for sure. And <laughs> it's like, don't, don't go into it expecting to like feel good when you leave. Okay. But as a, as a, as a, as a work of like very disturbing art, I, uh, huh. like pie was pretty fucked up, right? Like yeah. it, it, pie ends pretty, pretty grisly. Yeah. But in more of a, Sort of a sixth sensey sort of way. Yeah, and 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 it's not like that he doesn't spend like twenty minutes No. Like it's not like twenty minutes of drill porn at right. the end. Right? Like it's <laughs> it just like, whoa, that's a horrifying idea. Do you mean app yep. drill? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's twenty five minutes of wint porn. <laughs> it's a, with some baccoon. <laughs> And D- DMS blast. Uh, I'm just listing uh, <laughs> listing weird weird Twitter people now. Good. What do you got, Riff? Uh, you covered all the bases, I think. Although it's DVS, yeah. not DMS. Oh, DVS, not DMS. Okay. Sorry, I was all up in his DMS. <laughs> but yeah, go see both of those movies. I guess. I mean, maybe don't go see Kingsman: The Golden Circle. It was fine. But I, I feel like I, I liked the first Kingsman movie, but I thought it was like a third too long. And what I've heard of the second one is is that it's more of the same. So I guess now it's one and a third too long. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a fair assessment. I mean, it was still fun to watch, sure. but it was like a movie where I didn't care at all when I got up to go to the bathroom. Sure. You know? Yep. Like there's a whereas Mother, I didn't like I didn't want to miss a second of it because I yeah. was like. You would even though it was, even though it was awful, I was really like just soaking in it the whole time. Yeah, huh. Kings Kingsman was very, I don't know, real popcorn. Yeah, I finished watching uh, the Newsroom, which is like an HBO um, Aaron Sorkin series. Uh, it just that and uh, West Wing just make me so sad about our current situation that it can't measure up to a fictionalized version of that no it's not even that it's just that like in some ways terrible news about sex and porn yeah the 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 
like there were especially in the newsroom there were so many warnings about sort of where we were heading that just seemed like they were not heeded um what era was that it was 2013 oh that recent to 2016 i think yeah okay because it was it was portraying maybe 2012 it was portraying 2010 to 2013 it was like a three-year span um now I'm thinking about um, I so I, I stopped watching uh, House of Cards after a couple of seasons because I didn't think it was very good, but like, and now I'm wondering like what the House of Cards seasons that they made after Trump oh, got God. elected mm. could be like. Jesus, and I'm wondering if I want to do that to myself. In the first season of House of Cards, I really appreciated uh, the couple. Like I felt like oh yeah. They, as screwed up as their ideologies were, the fact that they were in it together was like a really compelling story. And then when that, when their, when their relationship started breaking down was when I started losing interest in the show. Sure. Um, but yeah, I can't even imagine what kind of horrors <laughs> that show could go into now. Yeah. I, I got the feeling that the writers kind of couldn't either. Like yeah. the third season just didn't really go anywhere. I didn't. I didn't watch the third season. So, <sighs> what have you been up to, Riff? Hmm, not much. I went and played some pinball the other day. Ooh, where at? At a uh, ground control downtown here. They've got a um, uh, Twilight Zone machine. Okay. It's pretty good. I like it. Does it have the Does it have the ceramic ball in it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I man, in like nine games, I only saw it once, but it's pretty cool. It's weird and floaty. Wait, wait one of the balls is ceramic. Yeah, yeah. one of the balls is ceramic, and so it doesn't respond to any of the magnets or anything. Oh, so yeah. it, like, it's super weird yeah, every so once in a while when that strange. ball comes up in yeah. a rotation. That's really yeah. neat. It's yeah. very clever, and it's it's also just has a different mass than the other balls, sure. so it behaves really differently off the flippers and stuff. Ah. Yeah, Very it's a good, good game. I'm starting to get pretty decent at it. I I I paid my two bucks to get five plays and uh, and got like three replays and a match. So I played nine games for fi- for the price of five. So it was all right. I played a bunch of the new Ghostbusters pinball machine at uh, at a bar here the other night. And the irony being that you that I own one. Yeah. <laughs> well, the non the nonprofit owns one, so I'm not allowed to play. If I sure. if I were to play the one that belongs to the nonprofit, I would have to feed quarters <laughs> into it that would then just sure. go into the, a different <laughs> bank account. Um. But yeah, it's so I played that, and I played the new Stern Star Wars that everyone is so excited about, and I as yet do not understand why everyone is so excited about it because it's i mean maybe it's just off-putting to me because as a not super great pinball player it's kind of too hard for me Mm -hmm. so the money just goes away real fast and i don't achieve much on a given play but so maybe it is meant for people who are for real wizards yeah it's hard for me to imagine any pinball table made now being anything but that Hmm. Yeah, there are, I feel like there are there are some really well designed tables that do interesting things yeah, that you can with, see even if you're only a middling player. Sure, like the, I, I played a bunch of the the Lord of the Rings game, and it was yeah. The, really so I think the Jersey the Jersey Jack pinball games, the Lord of the Rings one, and uh, the Wizard of Oz one, which I've played a ton of because they have one at the Alamo Draft House, which is where I see three movies a week now. Uh, 
They are way more about the like spectacle of what is possible with a pinball machine yeah. using modern technology. Whereas Stern, I think, is a little hidebound in the like 90s pinball table design sense. And so the Stern ones are going to be harder and the, and the Jersey Jack ones are going to be more about like, hey, make this awesome. Yeah. What were you going to say, Riff? I uh, was just the, um, uh, I feel like different, like, man, I don't know. I can't really justify saying this because my, my experience of a wide variety of machines is not great. But uh, there's all different ones that existed simultaneously, or not concurrently, I guess, with each other that were, I feel, of all different difficulty levels. So I don't feel like they've just progressively gotten harder as time has gone on. Like I feel well, like, like the Jim's Adams point is that there's such a way harder. I feel than a lot of the other hmm. ones I've played from that year. Huh. I think of the Adams Family one as being pretty friendly. Really? The other thing is that you can set the level oh, that's true too. of oh, the yeah. play field right to make them faster or slower, and that's, there are probably that might be it. the way I'm, that the tables are designed might lend themselves to like this one increases in difficulty more when it gets faster. Yeah, I was about to whatever. ask if there's like equivalent of like arcade style dip switches where you can set the difficulty. Well, there's, yeah. there's also, and then there's just physical. Just like, like setting yeah. it on a ramp. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's just like a screw you can turn to like okay. make it faster. And you can adjust the like tilt sensitivity and stuff. Yeah. So and like, the, the strength of the flippers. Right. Like, oh, yeah, huh. There's, that there's a lot know. of, I think so. I might be making that up. That makes sense. Um, because there's, like, stuff that you're not supposed to be able to do with a pinball machine that, depending on, like, how fast or how hard the flippers are going. Like, what does that like mean? If, you have a, if you have a ball stuck in the, like, crook of a flipper that is stuck up, like, its responsiveness if you let go of the button and then hit it again is a physical thing, right? Like, it's, it's a, it's, it, it doesn't, like, in a video game, it would have to be physically simulated, but in a pinball machine, it's just a physical thing. Like, so the angle that you can do like kind of a backhand off of the the pinball machine it's designed to sustain a certain angle of incidence that the ball can come off of it at minimum right like closest to like straight back up the up the the side drain and if the flipper's like tuned weird you can do stuff that the designers of the table didn't intend for you to be able to do huh um which just makes hard things easier usually Anyway, we should have Wes or Rachel on to talk about this kind of stuff. Yeah, because I, I don't know yeah. anything about this. If I remember, after this podcast is over, I'm going to Google for pinball speed runs. <laughs> oh, yeah. That might be like kind of interesting. fastest wizard actually, yeah. mode. Yeah. I What I want is like a game facts. Like, pinball machines come with a manual that explain how the game works. They explain how the, like, meta game of the pinball table works and how you activate the modes and what the different dip switches do to the ways that you activate the modes and stuff like that. But they're always, like, written like appliance instructions because yeah. they are. Yeah. Uh, and so it's hard it's for to, the like, operator, right? It's not yeah, for the players. Yeah, like, I want... I want to find, and there there must be this, just a website that, like, describes a pinball machine in terms of, like, hey, so here are some, like, medium-term goals for learning how to do stuff. Like, here's an easy trick that you can do to get a high score on this if you yeah. know how this part of the game works. Like, 
Because you can get that by just playing a hundred games of a pinball machine, and yeah. that's fine, and that's great and fun. I, if you can play a hundred games of one pinball machine, if that sort of that? thing exists, I bet it's in book form. I bet it's like mm, the like the, Jeff Rovin, exactly. Wrote a, yeah, yeah, the how to win a Nintendo game style thing, but for but for pinball. What's a butt for? Yeah, what's a butt for pinball? <laughs> I give up. What? Um. Anything else, Riff? Mm, not really. I haven't really been watching anything new. I, I started watching uh, Super Metroid uh, randomizer races instead of Link to the Past randomizer races, uh, just because that was that was what was coming down the feed from that channel. But the Super Metroid ones aren't aren't as interesting. I don't think. Why is that? Because there aren't as many um, there aren't as many meaningful power-ups and uh. the they don't the the order you get them in doesn't really cause a lot of changes like because the the people doing these runs are used to like running through the boiling part of the level without armor anyway yeah <laughs> and things like that so so really the only the only difference significant difference that i see in these runs is whether or not you end up being forced to do Meridia without the gravity suit. And and do, other than that, it's it, basically just like watching a Super Metroid speedrun. What the, does it mean to do Meridia without the gravity suit? Uh, you are you are affected by underwater physics, so you can't you can't jump hardly at all. And But you can't swim? Why can't Metroid swim? <laughs> <laughs> Well, she can once she gets the gravity suit. Um, oh, I see. Okay. It's just a heavy metal armor suit thing. Mm. So that should just affect the soundtrack. Right. <laughs> uh, so d does the randomizer randomize like energy tank and missile tank locations? Yeah, the, like the is every power tanks? up you find like, is like, is the morph ball in like, yep. oh, you just have to shoot this energy tank location to find it. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes like the morph ball will be uh like you know where that early energy tank is that's like stuck in the ceiling right as you come into the into the game yeah that you wow. normally need yeah. the high jump boots to get sometimes there's there's a thing in there but well because it's assumed that the people playing the randomizer are skilled in tricks like damage boosting yep. off of the monster that's there to collide into the ceiling uh so so it's okay to put something important there uh, but yeah. yeah, they, they randomize, they randomize, um, just ammo packs, like the super missile packs and super bomb packs and regular missile packs into one category. And then m more meaningful things like the, uh, like the energy tanks and the reserve tanks and all the individual weapons and stuff go into the other category. And I may have been cut off. I don't know. Nope. 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 You're still there. Okay. I, I just heard Yeah, a, Kevin was trying to fix you static. because you were turning into more and more of a shitty distant robot. <laughs> it, it only happens when you talk for oh, sustained good. periods of time about something that, any, that, that, that we, we actually like, would want to hear about. To. Yeah. yeah uh -huh. Like, it's. It's, it's like it responds to our attention. I mean, like you can laugh and you, that always comes through and you can make like a one liner joke and that always comes through and those things are wonderful. But as soon as you start like telling a story, <laughs> unless then the phone connection just falls apart. Unless he's doing one liners all the time. We just only hear. Oh, maybe we're just not them. hearing them. Yeah. Maybe I just need to think I would notice when I was editing into my sentences. 
Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> well, well, luckily, the, uh, the he's recording locally, so yeah, it always comes through for the, the listener. The listeners get to hear the whole thing. And all your farts. It's true. Oh, every dot, dot, dot that you insert into a sentence. <laughs> Well, I guess we could talk about the video games that we've played since we already sort of gradually segued into it. Yeah, very well. Play any video games, Jim? I played a game called Super West of Loathing. Oh, I heard about oh. that. On, did you? On Android. Um, this was uh, another uh, one of those um, cash-in, like, let's put a game on the Play Store with the same name as a popular game. Did um, you have to pay for this No, it was game? free. Okay. Um, Full of did ads. Did it just have ads in it? I, I, I don't actually remember if was it had it ads, but I presume ads it did. And nothing else like that. No, one? this one had a this one had game like. Gosh. I, so, it actually was someone put like maybe a day's worth of effort into this because it felt like someone had like looked on the Unity Asset Store for another game that was uh, monochrome. Um, and they downloaded this this uh. Like Unity, Unity Asset Store, like t- example game, or or so I presume that was this. Uh, it looked like kind of an endless runner, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, but there were just drawings of pasta. Yeah, so that was that was weirdly accidentally on brand, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Um, we we have since uh, filed a DMCA request, uh, and I believe it's been taken because down. we're a bunch of beta SJW cucks. <laughs> <laughs> Beta. Yeah, yeah. What does the beta mean? That means as opposed to alpha. Yeah. That's that's uh. the You know, a beta cuck. Okay. Yeah. Like that like how my most prized magic card was a beta cuckatrice. Sure. <laughs> that was a joke that I tweeted and nobody nobody remarked on. <laughs> I got drunk last night and retweeted everything that I had tweeted over the last couple of months that I thought was funny and didn't get enough <laughs> didn't get enough likes and retweets. I was retweets. wondering why why all those. <laughs> yeah, that was just me feeling sorry for myself, Riff. Anyway, thanks to the people who replied and faved and retweeted it. <laughs> so yeah, was it fun? It was okay. You know, it was fun for like thirty seconds. Then I was like, okay, I get it, and then I stopped playing. 30 seconds. Yeah. That's a lot right. less gameplay than ad, regular West of Loathing. did you provide for them in that amount of time? Uh, I, well, I don't remember if – I might not even have had one. Do you have an ad blocker? Uh, no. I don't know if they have ad blockers for the phone. Oh, I'm sure they have. Any Android device is going to have ad blockers uh, for maybe, it, You might need you to root it. Oh. Um, you, haven't rooted, I, you haven't rooted your phone? No, I haven't rooted my phone. Mm. I'm scared to. And what if I fuck it up? Have you routed if your I were phone? Writing, put a nice chamfered edge around the oh, side of yeah. it? I put a case on it. It's an outer box. I can throw it across the room and it'll Ooh. be fine. Uh, you could champ. You could champ for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if I were gonna write a a piece of software for rooting a phone, I would call it a Rudy Tootie Fresh and Fruity. Okay. I would run it and then yell at you if it didn't work. Oh, okay. But I would be gone. Well, I would be anonymous <laughs> on the internet because it would be open source. But I know where you live. So oh, shit, you do. Yeah, but you wouldn't have known it was me because I would have signed you it. Just told yeah, you just me the name that you. <laughs> what is it, Alan Smithy? Is uh-huh. that the is that the name you put on things that that's, you don't want right, your yeah. own name on? Yeah, yeah. Rudy Tootie Fresh and Fruity a- a- Android Root Kit by Alan Smithy. Okay, uh, now I know what to look for. <laughs> yeah, now you can blame anything by any Alan Smithy on me. Right. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, what a funny way to conclude that. Every Alan Smithy is Orson Welles. <laughs> <laughs> 
Do you think Alan Smithy has an IMDb credit? Like, probably. I think so. Yeah. Do you think there, there are, must be. Do you think there are hundreds of them because they're actually secret? Like Facebook has I, figured out which. I feel like Facebook knows so much about Orson Welles <laughs> that it figured out which which Alan Smithies were him. I, I would like to see the the IMDb page for Alan Smithy, the 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 person who's done every movie, um, every bad movie. But I I think that um that IMDb users. Like they know the inside scoop and they tend to uh, uh, credit the correct person instead. Hmm. And they say like, as Alan Smithy. Uncredited or. Yeah. Whatever. Like what was the, it was Hal Barwood, I think, who did uncredited rewrites on Close Encounters of the Third Kind, for example. Hmm. Um, There's a lot of uncredited writing yeah. stuff on movies. I, I remember reading about what the, the process for who gets credit for screenwriting and it's bizarre. Like the mediation process. So there is an Alan Smithy IMDb page. It doesn't have that many things. It doesn't have that many listings. A lot of them are in parentheses. Really, Christopher Lee Dos Santos. Mm. Really, Christian Winters. So every Alan Smithy is somebody named Chris. <laughs> so this is something we've concluded. Wait, so really, is Chris Johnston. Chris actually what? an Alan Smithy? Oh, really, Kirk Wong. Really, Kiefer Sutherland? What? <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland has an Alan Smithy? Hey, really, hmm. Giger. <laughs> so what, what did Kiefer... Yeah, there's the Alan Smithy, like, set design credit on Alien. <laughs> <laughs> really? Hey, really, Giger. <laughs> so what What uh, did Kiefer Sutherland not want us to know he did? Uh, it was called Woman Wanted in 1999. Huh. A, man, a new woman comes between a widower and his adult son. Hey, that sounds like another video I watched recently. <laughs> <laughs> lol. <laughs> ha, lol. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. I, I, what, what I think is pretty good is how you will like intersperse the word, saying the word lol with actual laughter. Yeah, well. <laughs> going, going back and forth. I, so, so the people on the radio can hear it too. Sure, yeah. <clears throat> Did, is it, did you only play Super West of Loathing? Uh, I played a game. Um, let me look it up here. It's called Data Wing. Okay. Uh, which is a um, a sort of a racing game with asteroids physics. So you um, you're uh, flying a ship around a uh, a racetrack, um, and you can turn left and right. And you can, if you like fly close to the walls, if you're like the thruster hits the walls, you get a boost of speed. So you are incentivized to like edge up against the walls and find the right angle to, to stay on the wall while, uh, while accelerating. Um, it's a, a pretty satisfying, like a uh, kinetic kind of a game on, um, on phones. Uh, so I've, I've been enjoying that. I've been enjoying like doing time trials. Um, around these, uh, around these spaceship racetracks. Cool. You play anything, Kevin? Not, nothing new. More Breath of the Wild? Uh, no, I sort of parked my character there so that I would stop playing it so much. I found, like, I sort of finished all the easy quests and all the easy side quests that I, like, knew how to complete and then just sort of parked the character someplace where I can come back to it and a month or two and pick it up again. Cause I just, 
I need to not spend as much time playing it as I was, I think. Um, I, yeah, I haven't, I didn't go back to Metroid, which I kind of want to finish as well. Like, can't blame you. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, mostly played the assignment and a couple of like my, you know, my standby. I've got my sort of suite of daily games that I check in on. Uh, what is that suite up to at this point? Well, I've sort of, I've become less, uh, let me, let me, uh, no, that's not the right. <laughs> Your Bank of America online banking yep. app? Uh, yeah, so I type shift I do every day, Hearthstone I do every day, uh, Bonza still. Okay. Um, Monkey Wrench and Red Herring, which are two different word games, I will sometimes do, but I've kind of fallen out of that. Red, Red Herring became uh, a lot less user-friendly recently. They did an update where they removed... That used to be such that you could play any of the last three days of the daily puzzles, and they just have the current day's puzzle now. Mm. So if you miss oh, a bummer. day, yeah. So I've, I that that kind of <clears throat> made me angry. So I've been less interested in playing their game, and then I still do the weekly um, pick cross, the hungry cat pick cross. Sure. Um, you need to get back into uh, Arcane Towers daily challenge. Yeah, yeah. I've been playing. I've been doing Arcane Towers daily challenge every day for like a week or two. Again, and I see Chris Chris Moyer, uh, guy that we work with, yeah. has, been, has been popping up on the boards every once in a while. Good. Diego Catholifold himself, I think, usually plays the daily. Sure, he has to though. I mean, that's like if he was, it, it, like your mom always has to has to say that your stuff you is. You say cool, that, but it's so not like we're to. doing like the the West of Loathing speed runs. They're almost they're six minutes two seconds. Six <laughs> minutes, six minutes two seconds. Ah, that's real good. It's real fast. So yeah, there's, there's a big point of contention now about hmm. well, so. It is faster to not use stupid walking, but there's a whole <laughs> contingent of people who are like, a speed it doesn't run, count a speed, a speed as playing Westworld yeah, if you're not you're using stupid, stupid walking. walking. Why, is uh, it, why is it faster? At the very least, you have to like activate it, right? Like, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I think it might also the animations might be slightly slower. That's something you should that Walk speed would not be. I don't think. I don't know. But, yeah. Don't they, know. These people are like yeah. people are very serious. There's ah, it's uh, so good. Somebody was just pointing out that like something has to do with monitor refresh rate or something. Oh, really? no. Yeah, and I don't know what that is. And so like they're not, yeah, I don't know. People are people you know are what we need really to trying to, to maximize their play. We need to get a a, a Japanese translation made <laughs> so that so that, <laughs> that people can play the Japanese translation because it's faster. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, we've certainly gotten a lot of uh, localization offers. I, do you get like two or three emails a day from localization I would companies? I not say two or three a day. I would say two or three a week, four or five a week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, People really want to. I got a, I got like a serious to localize quote things. on it. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's very expensive. It's it's yeah, yeah. Super the, dubious the, whether it the, would be the, worth the, doing. The people who are offering to do it for free, I'm like, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they have no idea. Yeah. Not only do you it's, have no yeah. idea what you're suggesting, there is no way anybody who would offer this service for free is going to do anything like a quality job. Yeah, you could crowdsource it. Even even so, crowdsourcing maybe could work given enough time. What did we figure that we ended up with? Like two hundred fifty thousand words. It's three hundred thousand. Three hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah. yeah dude. What ton. was it like? Th- it was like three novels at least. I think I remember looking up the the word length of a novel. And I mean, how hard is that? Like three people could make that in a single November. <laughs> um, the the other issue is that 
Well, there's a couple of issues. One is it needs that, to be funny. Yeah, it's it's a lot of yeah, puns, yeah. a lot of references. Yeah. Like it's not a, a good enough play. game to yeah. hold up if it's not funny, and yeah. so it's yeah. And that's just such a gargantuan task. So yeah, um, you would need to find exactly the right team in every language. Yeah, yeah. We so we got we got connected. We, like not to the sense that they have heard about this, but we were approached by some people who had worked with the eight four play people who do a lot of Japanese to English localization and are good at making things that are funny, funny for similar reasons, but didn't get anything like a quote yeah. from the, uh, it's it's going to be tens of thousands of dollars at the minimum. per language yeah per language yeah. and, and yep. like having to figure out like oh god can we actually can we sell this many copies that? like yeah. i mean if we could make it if we could spend $30,000 for a chinese localization and then not have to take all the skeletons and ghosts out of the game which we <laughs> definitely would yeah i think it would be uh, closer to 60,000 and i think it would yeah also that, like i bet we could make $60,000 in the chinese market because it is huge but like, man, am I not man? Am I not sure that the Japanese would like this game? Apparently, Undertale did super, super, super well in Japan. It is it a lot more like, like a JRPG. Anime game. Yeah, yeah. That game has skeletons in it I in Japan. They, ah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think if they did a Chinese localization, they would have had to remove the skeletons. Yeah. But then, what would they? What? Where would they hang their cool font jokes <laughs> after telling you that you're a bad person for killing things? Oh, maybe they gave those guys regular human faces. Oh, man. Oh, man, they're just skeletons with skin masks. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah, that's pretty good, because it's not like they're against ribs. I've seen, like, you know, racks of beef in <laughs> Chinese games. <laughs> you know, like a rack of beef, like they say. Uh-huh. I mean, a rack of lamb. I haven't played anything other than the... So this is a problem when we have a good assignment, yeah. is that it... <laughs> it just takes up... Just awesome. Yeah. It fills, yeah. fills up all the I, space. I, I've I, played a fuckload of freeways still yeah like it's so bite-sized what, what like, device are you playing it on on the my computer both of my computers because i just have it installed in a directory in my dropbox folder uh, and its save is just in that directory because it's clever. just like an itchio game that's just sitting there as an executable i learned today that freeways was made by the person that made desert golf okay which i did not understand before but it makes a lot of sense like same how, sort of lo-fi aesthetic. How you could get like a lo-fi aesthetic with such like fun production values, if not real high production values. Yep. Like, m- man, do I like the stuff that that guy is making? Um, just a one-man shop. Seems like it's oh. a. I, th- I think he has a programmer. Mm. I think he doesn't do that himself. Okay. Um, it seems like it'd be worth digging into. Um, what else? I, what else he's made? Yeah. That surprises me that like is it felt like a it felt like a real auteur kind of thing. Yeah. You know, like to be able to both be that on the, the ball it, about that stuff and be able to communicate that to a third party to actually build yeah, it for it, you. It might sense. actually just be the that the guy I met who I thought was his programmer I can't remember either one's name right now, was actually just the guy who did the iOS port or something. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, freeways, man. You just you just build crazy highway interchanges for these autonomous cars, and then once you've built the network to all the endpoints and entrance points, you like run a little simulation, and it gives you a rating on how efficiently the cars got through it, and it gives you a score, and it's so good. What what platform? Uh, it's PC. Okay. Um, there might be a Mac version. I thought there was an iPad version. Oh, yeah. maybe. Yeah, that would make sense. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just really, it's really, really bite-sized and you're playing individual screens of a giant map. Like when I thought I was done with the game, it expanded by two in on each axis. And oh, wow. we were just like, oh, okay. Now there are almost as many new levels as there were levels that I had played when I thought I was done. And it makes sense. It's like to make a new level, it's like not a lot of work. So why wouldn't you just have every combination of, of things coming in with every combination of constraints? But man, there are there are these unlockables that you get for having really high efficiency scores on certain screens that are just photographs of real world freeway interchanges. Oh, wow. Hmm. Um, what is the... Was it in Microsurfs that one of the characters got obsessed with freeway interchanges and started buying books of photographs of freeway interchanges and, and reading books about how they were designed? That, like... It was definitely like a character quirk moment in some Douglas Copeland book. I don't huh. remember if it was Microsurfs or not. Um, but yeah, it's real good. I mean, for a game that was like three bucks, too, it's like... Yeah. It's just like... So, like Because like you can always go back to an earlier level with like the techniques that you've developed and like make a way more efficient version of it that like sometimes looks like a thing that you might see in the real world... That was, I guess, my question. Is, does, it, does it like conform to sort of your understanding of like how? No, it 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 can't, right? Because the 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 strokes that you're drawing roads with are like the size of they're the width of a car, basically, which is not at all how <laughs> anything works on a real road. Because even like a one lane road is like twice as wide as the car that's going down it, right? Like they're they're it's slightly wider in this, but like you cannot meaningfully make like multi lane roads. Mm, okay, and so that's a huge thing. So, and also the cars are there. The the simulation is meant to be that it is a bunch of self driving cars, and so you're trying to design new kinds of highway interchanges for self driving cars oh, that can't apply any human judgment to things because they're just being driven by algorithms, like a simulation of a car in a video game. So it's the car knows where it needs to end up and it sort of figures out a path from where it starts to where yeah. it's supposed to go and then it just follows that path. Yeah, but they will t- like if you fuck up like a uh, a roundabout, like you put a road into it at just slightly oblique enough of an angle that the car decides that it needs to turn the wrong way down the roundabout. Like there's no way for you to really indicate this roundabout is going this way. Oh, yeah. You have to like build mm. it so that the cars figure out which way it's supposed to be, which is just kind of one of the constraints. That's crazy. Ah, it's so fun. Huh. And it's just very like low stakes. You know, you can just like try something and if it doesn't work, you just clear it and move on. Like it's not. Do is it so like if cars get to go down a straightaway that's probably the fastest and most efficient yeah and you want way. like exits to be at pretty straight angles so that cars aren't getting in each other's ways like slowing down to turn and stuff okay thinking about roundabouts i i haven't encountered that many in my life but in my experience you always turn right yeah and is that because like at, the road doesn't feed it like it's like in the southern hemisphere, maybe they, they go the other way. Well, maybe in England they go the other way yeah. too, right? Because you always want to exit from the outside of it. Yeah. Although it wouldn't matter now that I think about it because if it's only one direction, you're not on a side of the road. That's true. Yeah. But that would probably be more naturalistic to want to turn left. Yeah, maybe. But I'm I'm just wondering, like, 
what would be intuitive for me? Like if, if the road were, uh, did hit the roundabout at, at a different angle, would it be more intuitive for me to, to make a left turn? I find them horrifying every time I encounter one and I'm constantly afraid that I'm going to do the wrong thing and, and pull out in front of somebody and get into a car accident that's a hundred percent my fault. It has never happened. Yeah. And thinking about it, it's really hard for me to imagine a way in which it would given the way that I behave, but it just like, it's a thing that because we're not accustomed to it in America, like I feel like yeah. if you are already like, I mean, if you've, if you've really internalized the like, defensive driving thing like constantly trying to be like have this low level of like vigilance about everyone else on the road and yourself yeah like it's a thing that's going to be really anxiety productive i remember I, I don't remember the name of the book but i was reading a book about traffic design uh, about road design um and uh one of the experiments that i read about that seemed really interesting and was apparently effective was uh, people built a, a small city with no markings on the roads at all, like no signs, no lines on the roads. And apparently it was extremely safe because everybody was like really was, careful ugh. and aware yeah, of what they were like. Everybody's completely panicking every time they have to drive <laughs> yes. anywhere. That sounds the worst to me. <laughs> well, it's that and safety or. What you're used to and the constant threat of imminent death. Yeah. <laughs> Hooray! I get to be afraid either way. <laughs> <laughs> you played anything, Riff? Uh, not really. I played a lot of the assignment. I played some more Metroid. Oh, I played. I played a little, like a few minutes of the iOS implementation of the Witness, just to see like how he did yeah. the controls. It's, so does that mean you bought good. it again? Yeah. But it was only ten bucks. Yeah, it was fine. It was no big deal. Wow, really? Yeah. Wasn't it only a twenty dollar game when it launched? Forty. It was forty. 40. 40 huh. Yeah. Steven Sausage Roll and The Witness. Huh. Um. Do you move like Mist? Is it like node based? No. It's. I mean, I guess you could kind of think of it as being node based, but anywhere is a node. <laughs> it's like infinitely no in infinite nodes. You, okay. You you tap somewhere and your guy goes there. And, and he does it like automatically figures out, like if you have to skint, skint around a rock. Yeah. It does pathfinding yeah. to get there. If you double tap, he runs there. Uh, if you drag the screen with one finger, you look around. And if you drag the screen with two fingers, you like shuffle around while keeping the same facing. Oh. Oh. Yeah, it works pretty well. The, that, the only thing. That does thing sound like is, a pretty good interface. Yeah. It, it works really nice for like, 99% of the game. I'm not sure how I think that's going to work if you go to like the challenge cave where, where like the actually super difficult time based puzzle is that we're, that like, because it's not, it's not a very uh, precise method of movement. Hmm. And the, the amount of time you get in, in the challenge is extremely narrow. It, maybe they just re relax that. Yeah, that's I, I I I if they if if they did not solve this problem by just giving you more time, then I have no idea how they solved it. Have you tried doing any of the puzzles where you need to place like your view relative to objects in the world? Right. Between yeah, you and the puzzle. Yeah, it's it's uh, it seems fine because 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 of the way it gives you that 
shuffling around like oh, laterally yeah. Yeah. if you let you yeah if you your, your viewpoint pretty precisely if you two finger drag down do you walk backwards yeah okay that's pretty that's pretty clever because I guess since you don't have to have like shoot as a verb, right? Like you can use the entirety of the control set of the screen when you're not in like puzzle mode. For does do you find that it's tricky for it to tell the difference between when you're trying to draw a path on a puzzle and when you're trying to look around, or does uh, it just no, go into you you're focused to, on a puzzle mode? You ha- you have to uh, to to go into focus on a puzzle mode. You like tap and hold for a second, and then. It- and then it zooms into puzzle mode or whatever with the accompaniment. Because aren't there some of the puzzles that you have to be looking at at a specific angle to be able to solve them? Yeah. Yeah. That's not straight on? Okay. Yeah, so Psyche wrote into the KOL podcast about watching a playthrough, like a full playthrough of The Witness that did all of the puzzles and all of the environmental puzzles. That is the thing that I would actually maybe like to... Kind of skim through. It's super great. Friend has been doing uh, a, a gradual uh, playthrough of it too, a, a bumble through it because he doesn't, he's not doing it with any hints or anything. So it's got he's 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 sol- he's like solved all the lasers and has decided he doesn't want to look for the uh, 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 like he solved the lasers. The environmental he, he, stuff. He officially beat the game. Uh, he he went and you know unlocked the elevator to the to the final video, but yeah, he decided he doesn't want to do the searching for the uh, for the the challenge cave until he's found as many of the environmental puzzles as he can possibly find. So like once every two weeks or a month, he'll post a video that's just sort of him wandering around the, the Island, just sort of absentmindedly looking around and chatting about things. It's, it's, yeah. it's I real want, nice. It's real. Uh, I want a casual. speed run. I think that is just, completion. yeah, a hundred percent completion speed run. I bet that I exists. Like, I think that would be really long. You think? Yeah, well, but you don't have to watch an hour-long puzzle. Yeah. Uh, right. Well, and, and like, there are also other – some of the other environmental puzzles b- rely on you waiting for longish animations to finish, too. The fucking windmill. <laughs> for <laughs> that example. Was, that was where I decided I wasn't doing the environmental puzzles. Yeah, yeah. Well, I decided I wasn't basically as soon as I found out about them. Just like, this is <laughs> – this, I don't know whose idea of fun that is to just find every example of one of those in the world. Well, I mean, they give you guides, yeah. right? Yeah, that's true. Which then I hate. I hate that they did that because I would rather they didn't. <laughs> yeah, oh, it'd be much easier to decide not to do it if they hadn't done that. Yeah. Yep. Because it's like a checklist. Yep. Right. So it's you know that you're missing yeah. some and you know which direction they are. Uh, ostensibly oh do you is yeah like the, a, the way the, the side so, of the the side of the no. obelisk that it's on is directly towards it right like yeah, aren't they less, yeah. like in in that wedge that must have made it i mean i guess you start with that and then you build the entire environment around it and that's then that's what you do but like or you just yeah i don't actually know how you decide to build these things you have to decide what the final puzzle is going to be, and then build the. I I, I feel like probably they you know, they took them seven years to make this thing. It, they probably like 
tried a bunch of stuff and kept tweaking things till it worked. Like, I'm sure it took a lot of iteration sure. to get right. Well, you know what I'm sure they got right on the first try, and there was a, a pretty much a perfect video game, was this assignment, SteamWorld Dig 2. Yeah. This is actually the second try. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. This game was fucking great. I yeah. like it a lot. And I, it's, it, it's probably just the endorphins speaking, which are technically the only things that I enjoy. <laughs> it's technically the only things that can talk. Yeah. But, like, the so this is a game that is in the category of games like SteamWorld Dig 1 or I Dig It or something, something, something but also minor, minor 2049er. Metroid. This one is a lot more Metroid-y than this yeah. one. more Metroid-y. Yeah. yeah. Um, where you're, you're digging up a big area and there's ore and you take the ore back up to upgrade your pick so you can dig faster and upgrade your light so you can go deeper and upgrade, upgrade your... Upgrade your cocaine so you can... Yeah. Get even more excited about the game. Yep. Um, but it but had it had an awesome secondary layer to that, which was find these objects hidden in the environment, which allow yeah. you to like specialize your loadout yeah. with special I, perks I, and I, abilities. I felt like I almost always had enough cogs to fill in every cog slot I had. Wow, that like, is very much not like true for me. Just a couple yeah. exceptions. Like I, I don't know. Either well, so cog, cogs are the secondary collectible that you use to upgrade different parts of you. But you're using like money that you get from mining ore to upgrade the just general power level yeah, of your pick, pick or your light yeah. or your armor or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but then each level of that unlocks a new kind of passive skill that you can unlock with the secondary currency that you find in kind of puzzle caves and in out of the way locations in the world. The world is so big. Yeah, it's and massive. Real good. All the writing, dumb, and I skipped all of it. <laughs> yeah, there was never, uh, yeah. never any point that, was, that I was that was like yeah, happy. Like with all writing. of the story stuff was like the one thing where I was like, okay, this is no good at all. But it it was fine, right? It didn't get in the way of my enjoyment of the game. You know, I was like, look, I'm just gonna stick to your little addictive core loop here, if you don't mind. Sure, I'm just gonna <laughs> stay on this dungeon train a little longer and have fun digging holes and killing trilobites with pickaxe and getting blood. Gems, yeah. There, uh, there are five blueprints that you can find that make the game much harder if you want. Oh, I found two of them in my normal. Life. So when I finished the game, it told me that I had found forty-one percent of the things that huh. were hidden in the okay. game, and that was just not not trying to be particularly exhaustive, not just okay. just playing the way that I would normally play. Does it I let beat you it in go back and maybe continue? five hours? I don't know. I didn't try. I don't know that I. <sighs> Like you after you finish the, the game, you can continue. It's, you it can. starts before the end game part. Okay, that's good. You know, I wish it told you that. Yeah. Like, I made a point in West of Loathing of just breaking the fourth wall yeah, no, at the it's point very, where you started the ending cutscene that said, look, this isn't going to change anything. Like, it's very friendly. Load, yeah. When this ends, you'll be right here and nothing will have changed. Because you're just watching a movie. Yeah. yeah. And, and I wish that other games would... Would do the same. Would courtesy. be willing to. Yeah. I mean, I get that, like, not every game can get away with, like, a complete fourth wall break like that. Like, if it, if that ending cutscene had come at the end of, like, a really dramatic sequence right. that the game director had been really excited about, right? As opposed to, like, oh, well, the sequence is over and now pfft, here you are. You're just back in this kind of anticlimactic town that isn't very interesting. Then it'd be harder. But, like, this one. This game is very silly. Yeah, it's real silly, and it deposits you in town. And it could have just been like, "Hey, you know, you could you could get on, you could get in the, you should go through the door that finishes the game, or 
we could all go back to where we were standing before and you could keep playing. Either yeah. way, it's fine with us. One thing I did like about the story, and this might just be because I like it might have been a, a reveal because I wasn't actually paying attention. But the uh, the the race of scary creatures that the robots were talking about turned out to be people. Humans, yeah, yeah. I thought that was neat. Although kind of mutated. Yeah, humans. they were like yeah. gross was that, zombie. Was that I, I, I interpreted the first one. I feel like I don't, I don't remember. remember. Um, I, I interpreted the gross appearance as like this is how we appear to the oh, robots. Oh, I see. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Huh. They do talk about drinking toxic sewer sludge. That okay. makes them stronger. That's fair. All right. <laughs> I don't remember that part. Yeah. Well, it's because it's bad. It like oh, all of oh, the written okay. parts of the game are bad. I mean, they're not bad. They're just not good. Yeah. You know, sure, like sure. there's just no, they're fine. Yeah. They're, you know, they, but they like, do the at, job and, and that's it. But like they but do the job, the job need to be done. But the job doesn't need to be done. If the, if, if, all right, this guy will deliver occasional, adequate non-interesting blurbs of text at cur- at, at at doled out story moments like i don't believe that that job needs to be done like if you're not going to do, do it what do you do in those cases you like you need to provide reasons for people to do things so, so there is, the, there's, like there's, there's the gotta people be that give you the main quest sure but all of the like side characters that just had like new comments that would open up at various plot beats, which has happened all the time. Like the people that just get the little dot, dot, dot yeah. bubble above their heads, you never need to talk to them. They never tell you anything that's useful. It's always just like, okay, here's, there are hints. Here's three things. sentences that are like not really a joke and they're not really informative about anything. Like they're I just there for the people, sake of being there. They would and, be amusing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I honestly, I, well, those I people could've... are up here in this tower. <laughs> I could have done without the story, like the main story text too, honestly, like when I, but, but this is something that we're, that's kind of personality driven where I, when I made text world, for example, I didn't feel the need to put any sort of story in it because when I play that sort of game, I'm just exploring and finding cool stuff. And that's good enough for me. But a lot of playtesters were asking me like, what's my motivation here? Yep. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I guess they need the story about the earthquakes and the rocket ship and the the political intrigue in the the mining town. Yeah, once there's, like, an upgrades menu, I don't need anybody to tell me what my motivation is. <laughs> I know what my fucking motivation is, and that's getting those fucking upgrades. Yep. Man. Man. <sighs> This is and, why and this is why we'll never be taken seriously by video game academics is because just love dem upgrades. The upgrades like <sighs> well, like any upgrade system I think clashes with like it's really hard to come up with an upgrade system and a a setting that don't clash with each other because the guy in the town like if he wanted to save the town from earthquakes why wouldn't he just give you all the upgrades at once? Right. Yeah, I mean, in theory, there were some little story beats about how he was finding new stuff as you got deeper yeah. in the mines that and, allowed him to craft better but, upgrades. But then and, he's still and, selling and them. And the ore, them, the yeah. ore that you're bringing is the only source of materials that they've got. Right, but okay. why aren't? Why isn't it just this is five ore and this upgrade costs five ore as opposed to you sell this ore for ten dollars and the upgrade costs ten dollars? Mm. Right. right, like that's where it's like a lot I mean, of the powers didn't make any sense at all either. It's like. Here's a thing that makes all of the low level ores eight dollars, <laughs> right? Like, and maybe you found a better extraction process. 
Okay. I didn't get that one, I don't think. It's that just, must have been a hidden blueprint or something. Well, it's just the it's it's the thing that like when you take a low level or it, it, oh, it just automatically you, sells it. Well, it doesn't. It gives you a cash bonus. Yeah, you I get see. the money immediately. Oh, which is is kind of weird. And then there's another one for like you get money immediately when you kill an enemy. Yeah, yeah. I took that one. Yeah, yeah. It's all very gamey. Uh, it's, but it's fun. It's, it's a good game. It's, it's fun. It's a good game. This one. The, so as a po- like, I remember SteamWorld Dig One constantly interrupting me to force me to do some big set piece boss fight. And I was real happy that this game did not do that to me until one final boss fight that was the literal end of the game, which is fine. Like, yeah. every time. So I, I feel exp- like there was a version of this game where every time you went to destroy one of the four right. machines that you had to destroy, there was a big, it came to life in a different, yeah. annoying way. I was expecting uh, that every time. Yeah. Even like when it was up Even there. when you had done three of the four of them and there was right. one left. Yeah, but I'm so happy that they didn't yeah, me do too. that. Like, because the boss fights were by far the least fun part of SteamWorld Dig 1. Yeah, I forgot about that aspect of it. Yeah. Um, but it had a lot of – it had a lot of uh, – SteamWorld Dig 2 uh, has a lot of constructed puzzle environments. Yeah, yeah. I really that, like those. those yeah, they're just, they're just like sort of – a lot of them are like dexterity tests of a new move that you just learned, which is like – fucking great the did uh, you do the yeah. the one that was all just the hanging platforms and stuff it was just like disconnected platforms and all at least when i did it, i didn't have the like m- yeah the final mobility thing so it was, i did it all with just the just the grappling hook the grappling hook mm. and it was hard yeah, those are tough man i those haven't even tough. got I, the grappling hook yet i only just got I the, did. Uh, the uh jackhammer i probably only finished like a third of the caves oh interesting because okay. i put the check mark on them when you're done but a lot right. of the time it's like Eh, this is too hard to be fun. I'm just, I'll come back. I'll come back to this when I've farmed some upgrades. Like, it's. I mean, a lot of that, that just sometimes that means you missed a $50 ore. Yeah. But but I'm glad that it tells you. And sometimes it means that you can't, literally can't solve it until you've gotten a mobility upgrade. That's true, too. I think it doesn't tend to put those in front of you. No, they're, they're very late game, but you can, you you can sequence break. Yeah, it gets pretty nonlinear at the end. It's like it puts in three. Pretty nonlinear. Early on, if you're willing to spend some time doing some weird moves. Once you get the grappling hook, you can get to most places hmm. in the game. Uh, I like that the like beginning tutorial areas become a factor later yep. when you can fly. There's a bunch of shit hidden there. Like, yeah. ah, so good. Yep. I wish you could have dug under it. Like, I kind of wish that there had just been a giant area of just proc gen. Like, yeah, that's that's kind of where I... I like when I play this sort of game, kind of I'm I'm enjoying like all the new stuff that I occasionally come across, but half of me wants to just stay in the zone of just digging for more yep. stuff. Is, it, is there anything that's procedurally generated? Do you think? I don't think. I think I remember reading that this game does not. It's 100 percent. It's 100 designed because it seemed pretty designed, but the there there are big swaths that the middle parts could be. Yeah. Procedurally generated. They, they could be, but I don't yeah, think, I just they don't are. think that they were. Yeah, because well, it was. Well, but by a, contrast, the positioning like, of stuff always seemed a little too thoughtful. Like sure. the positioning of like gaps and ore were like, oh, okay, I need to think about this to figure out how I'm going to dig out all of those yeah. without fucking myself yeah. out of a platform yeah. or whatever. But like when when I made Dig World, that that sort of thing did just fall out of the level generator occasionally. Yeah. But I mean the. The frequency with which that stuff falls out is how you gauge the quality of the level generator, sure, right? Like yep. you keep tweaking the level generator until it's usually generating interesting situations. You could also just make a bunch of interesting situations. Yeah, like I guess that's if you true. were if you were sitting on top of all of the dig realms one money and just had <laughs> as much time as you wanted and could hire another couple of people to just build 
like fucking millions of tiles of cave yeah. for for people to explore for your second game like that you know yeah. maybe you would choose to do that uh, you might not i wouldn't i would want i would want there to be a proc gen i would hire a thousand it. proc gen level designer writers oh man yeah <laughs> nah, just, just just write a proc gen designer generate just write a level people. designer designer yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like I met a real fast. <laughs> I do. I never met a real fast. I didn't. Like, hmm. mm-hmm. I never met a real fast. I wasn't hungry. Wait. Uh, <laughs> man, what was your uh, what was your tata? Oh, why do birds suddenly appear yeah, every yeah. time? Birds appear just like me. Tautologies are just like me. Yeah. Ah, riff, riff. Every that's, once in a while, man. That's my proudest tweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Think about how much more you could do with 280 characters, though. Oh, God. I don't know. The I, I can't operate this TARDIS. It's my son is pretty uh, good, that too. That was pretty good. Yeah. Um, a little more... That's a little more uh, contextually required. Yeah. I mean, I guess you have to know that song, and you have to know what a tautology is to understand why the second thing is funny. Yeah. Right? Like, Nevin's the raven, but baby shoes never worn. Yeah. Like, that one, you have to know a couple of things, but it was pretty, pretty good. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, SteamWorld Dig 2. Man, if you got a Switch, you could do worse than to buy this. Was that, like, $20? It was 20 bucks. Yeah. That's a lot of money for that game. It's a, Absolutely it's a worth it. But, totally worth it. But, like... I, I would yeah. say if if we're basing it on the like dollar per hour spent, I think yeah. it's probably a yeah a dollar per hour. Yeah, I, I think most, I'd like it. For if, you, if you're, I, I finished it and then I started going back through to finish up all the cave the bonus caves. And I think I'm at ten hours now. Yeah, yeah, yeah I might do it if I if I get lonely and depressed. <laughs> Decide to. <laughs> did you play it on a TV? Or did you productive. play it handheld? I played it on TV. Okay. Yeah. So, I for whatever reason. The Switch works better than anything else I've ever plugged into my TV. Like, all I have to do is press the home button on the TV turns on the on. pro controller and the TV turns. Yeah, I don't understand <laughs> how that works. I don't either. It's great. I guess like HDMI wake up is just mm. a feature of modern TVs that, that I didn't nobody know else, about nobody else uses because yeah. like, that is so great. Right. Uh, I so, love it. Yep. That's pretty fucking good. Like, yep. get, like, get out of my way like that. For a console game, and I'll play a game on a on a console. Like, yep. Man, the Pro Controller. I didn't even know about is, that. I'm gonna have to. It's try really that. good. The Pro Controller for the Switch is really nice. It it's is really, really comfortable, really and like the, the the plus and minus buttons being a plus and minus. Eh. Also, I like basically a hundred percent of the time that I try to hit the plus button, I accidentally hit the home button, and then have to go back into the game. Mm. It's instantaneous, so it's fine. But like, yep. that was a there. There shouldn't be like four utility buttons. I think they need like them. That, I don't think. Yeah, but I wish some of them were like you had to have a paper clip to press or something. <laughs> I played I played or like, the screen screen capture button. Or having to hold one down or something, right? Yeah. Like I played a lot of it. I played and well, I played exclusively on uh, the Joy-Cons handheld. Hmm. Yeah. And I would say that that I am pretty unhappy with the the sort of accuracy reliability of the the actual sort of joystick 
components. Hmm. Cause like in the, in the sort of in the areas where I desperately needed things to be precise, oh, I had to switch. Yeah. I had, I had to switch to the button, the, the, the buttons oh, as, a as a D pad. And that was pretty it's, dissatisfying. It, the yeah. jumping in this game is pretty sloppy. Like, I so for whatever reason, there's that one spot where to get to the teleporter from the place where you spend your your money instead of a ladder, there's just a series of small platforms. Yep. yep. And you just miss every time. Like I never <laughs> got to the point where I could reliably scale that thing on the first try. Uh, because I just felt like I was always jumping further than I wanted to, or not as far as I wanted to, or like falling off the edges. I mean, it wasn't a big deal in the mine. Right. Like right. once you're constrained by a bunch of walls and you yeah. mostly want to be like hugging a wall to slide down or to wall jump up, then it's totally fine. But yeah, I don't I don't I think that this game is really good in spite of the controls being a little floaty yeah. as opposed to that. It I didn't being have trouble with floatiness, it. but I was also using the Joy-Cons and and I had the same basically the same problem as Kevin was having, where if I'm using the stick uh, in a tense moment, chances are my wall hopping will not kick in and I'll just mm. fall right off and and, yeah. let, and and you have to like switch to the to using the airsats d-pad there was one bonus cave where the the trick was you had to like open a door and then do three real quick grappling hook moves around a u-bend to get to the end of it and i just was never i could never get to the point where i was like more than halfway there before the door closed like, i, I don't something i about... think you were supposed to do that a different way oh, yeah. which which what what yeah what is the there's a button in a u-shaped corridor with a door at the top in between you and the and the bonus thing that you're trying to get to and it says like the name of the cave is like grappling link cavern okay, maybe or something. maybe i'm thinking of a different one yeah Huh. And it was just like, I, like maybe you got to be way better at using the grappling hook than I am. Did you do the floor is lava cave? Yes. Did you get the the final thing? I don't know. Okay. Because there's one. So it's if you ever set up. So there's one. Like the bonus to that one is if you you have to complete the cave without ever hitting a button at all. Oh yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't ever actually finish that. I think going back there with the jetpack. Oh yeah. Hmm. Might yeah. make that maybe easier. that's how Although I got maybe that not. final thing is with the jetpack. Mm. Way easier with the jetpack. Yeah, see, I did all of this with I like I I because I was afraid that going to the 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 sort of Vectron or whatever was going to end the game. I was trying to yeah. Finish. I also that felt like the end. That felt like the end of the game. That's why yeah. I just I put that off as long as I could. So I was like doing all this stuff with just the grappling hook, and then I got to some places. I was like. Okay, this is literally impossible with just the grappling hook. So there's got so like that that empty slot in my upgrade thing has got to be that Vectron thing was a cool sequence. Yeah, just like kind of yeah, going, going like into the lot. computer simulation and it's they, it was glitchier they, they, and glitchier. They built that up really well too. Yeah, and so that is another example of where they did, did story you well. Visit there before you knew about it. Because like there's a bunch of dialogue for stuff if you get to it early. I don't know. I didn't. That's so uh-huh. if you get there early, the your the little sprite with you is like, I don't want to go in that room. Okay. And <laughs> and you're like, uh, okay. And so then you walk over to that thing and, and you're like, hey, what, f- whatever, Faye or whatever it's Finn. Finn. And you're like, Finn, what's up? And Finn is just silent. It's short for fentanyl because this is all just taking place <laughs> in the hallucinations <laughs> of a dying uh, cancer patient. I see. Yeah. Well. You guys, yeah. you know what our next assignment is going to be? Yes. Heat Signature by our buddy Tom Francis. Yes. Uh, we should have done it this week. If we'd been thinking, we would have done it this week. Um, so I we just, I think I had played it before. We've all, we've, yeah, we've, we've, we've played all played it, it but but uh, I think I the, when I played it, 
post release, it was before the last show, but uh, right. we didn't talk about it too much. So yeah, gonna play that old heat signature, the game where you go inside the spaceships, Hotline Miami space. Yes, except it's it's not way better than Hotline yeah. Miami, like I, I, like a hundred times. Better I know than, it's a hundred times better than Hotline Miami, <laughs> and if it doesn't make a hundred times as much money as Hotline Miami, I will personally consider Tom to be a huge failure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, but yeah, it's good. It's a good game. You go on spaceships. You have a lot of uh, you have a lot of emergent uh, adventures in violence. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's available on Steam, and that's it. Like all the best games. Like all the good games. <laughs> yeah, it's available only on Steam. Is this uh, another game maker joint? It, it is. is. Yeah. It is a game maker joint. He eventually, towards the end of the project, hired another programmer. So it wasn't just he wasn't doing all of the yeah. coding himself. Um, I was I was just remembering how like after Gunpoint was a success, he just hired a team to port the game to C plus plus. Yeah. Just so he could put it on other platforms and make something more stable. Yeah. Which seems like and I guess it makes sense to wait to see if you have something that's worth hiring a team to do that this time as well. Yeah. I mean, when he was messing around with Heat Signature to begin with, he also was working on the grappling hook game that he was making in Unity. And yeah. I think just I think what it seemed like was he he said i'm going to i'm going to fuck this up but he talked about like his rubric for whether he does something himself or hires someone to do it and it was one of the most like soundly thought out things that i had ever heard it's like do i enjoy it can i do it quickly can i do it well if any two of those are true, then he will do it himself. Okay. Yeah. But if only one of them is true, then he will hire somebody else to do it. Okay. And like that, I, if I'm, I'm paraphrasing. So Tom, let us know if, if I got that <laughs> wrong. But I, I just remember thinking like, man, that is a fucking smart way to approach. Yeah. Like, I mean, it is nice to be in a position where you've got some gunpoint money and you can decide whether to hire somebody to do something or not based on criteria that you've selected. So that is obviously like a perspective that comes from a position of privilege, but it's a position of privilege that I'm personally also in. So that's why <laughs> it's okay for me to say it's really clever. Um, so only if you can do something well and quickly. Do you, or or do you, quickly no, and you quickly well, no, and it's only, fun. Or, only if you can do something well and quickly do you do something that you don't enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you can if you can make a, a shippable version of it without a lot of effort, it's okay if it sucks. Okay. For you. It's okay if you're like, fuck this. Okay. Like, I don't know. It, it's okay if you're like bloody uh what would he what would Tom Francis say instead of fuck this? He would probably say fuck this. Uh there's quite no, bloody. Yeah, quite quite bloody Belgium this. <laughs> <laughs> That didn't go anywhere. That was nope. a terrible joke. That's okay. Guys. Yeah. Uh, you know who this episode of pa Patreon was brought yeah. to us by? Who? Our video games hot dog. Backers. Fa fanatics. Yeah. The, like the Philly fanatic. Mm. Oh, that was one of them. Oh. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> Sorry. I, I... Billy cheese steak. <laughs> Pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh. What? Bob Crystal. <laughs> Sam Arosa roll. Steve Blurbank. Blen Blurbank. <laughs> Glenn Gladhome. Blur Blen Blen. Glamma Gradiation. Tacos Plasmosis. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh. making me hungry, Zach. Yeah. 
that Patreon backer should come to my house. Yeah. So that you can <laughs> feast on his flesh. <laughs> yes. Tacos t- tin fusion. <laughs> I can't recommend that. Tacos. Um Anyway, uh, guys, I've had just an ever so delightful time recording episode number 304 of Video Games Hot Dog with you guys. And I hope we record episode number 305 really soon. And I hope that, uh, listeners, that you will join us. And, uh, and if you do, I think you, uh, won't regret it. And if you don't, I think you, uh, won't dismay. Cockaboo Good night. Good night. Have a great week, everybody. <laughs>